two of the stars of that show, Liz Peek, Fox News contributor, syndicated columnist, and Steve Moore, chief economist of Freedom Work and Committee to Unleash Prosperity Hotline, which is such a fabulous uh, product. Uh, welcome back, kids. So, um, so Joe Biden's on an apology tour. He's terribly sorry. He didn't know about inflation until just recently. <laughs> Janet Yellen goes out there and makes the same apology in what looked like a hostage video. If you look at the CNN thing, she's just, oh, no, I was wrong. I'm so sorry I was wrong. And and Biden writes an op-ed piece in the journal about inflation, and he talks about it more yesterday. And his basic message is, I'm sorry, now we're going to deal with inflation. And I want America to understand the root cause of inflation. Hold on. Hold your breath. The root cause is Vladimir Putin. That's what I heard, Liz. Vladimir Putin is the cause of American inflation. And by the way, the gasoline price is now officially doubled. You buy it? Of course not. Uh, just because the Democratic uh, frog chorus is chirping from their lily pads, it's Putin's price hike. No, I do not uh, buy it. Look, I mean, here's here's Biden's problem. We and I, I mean, this isn't just the three of us. An increasing number of people look back at that American Rescue Plan, 1.9 trillion dollars, and know that that just pushed too much money into the economy when we still had a shortage of goods. Uh, it made too many people sit on the sidelines, creating a labor shortage, and that is when inflation began to really take off. How can Biden come out or Yellen and say that's the issue, too much spending, when their, <laughs> when their solution is more spending? Because <laughs> even now, that's what they want to do. It's all going to be better because we're going to spend more money uh, on child care and all these other benefits, and that's going to make it better. They're, they're in a box, and they have absolutely no idea how to climb out. You know, you're right that if you look at that op-ed carefully, I mean, he puts the burden on the Fed. I'll get to that in a minute. But he also makes a pitch for some kind of build back better, more yeah. social spending subsidies. You're absolutely right about that. But look, it doesn't matter because Putin is the problem. Steve Moore, in addition to Putin, um, everybody seems to be walking out of the White House. Uh, Twenty, I mean, 21 blacks walked out. I just read someplace... Uh, the communications department people are walking out. And basically one of the messages that President Biden is giving us is, you know, besides Putin, he uh, hasn't communicated his policies correctly enough. And his own staff keeps walking back what he says. So is it a communications problem? Is it a messaging problem? Or I don't know, maybe it's a woke progressive socialist problem. What do you think? Well, I think the latter, and in fact, that's just what I was going to say, is that we've had a, now a 15-month experiment in modern monetary theory. You know, that's the idea that you can just spend, 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 and borrow, and borrow, and borrow forever. And it was a kind of crackpot idea that a bunch of second-rate economists came up with a few years ago. And then, lo and behold, <laughs> Joe Biden and his team took it seriously. And then, you you know, you had the progressive uh, policies of higher, you know, higher taxes and more spending. And, and then they had to that this green energy lunacy. And it's, it's been a uh, witch's brew of uh, unintended consequences. Although a lot of people, you know, always ask me, do you think this is unintentional or intentional the way they've destroyed our economy? I, I do think it's unintentional. Uh, I wanted to make one other quick point. You're quite right about um, the, you know, the, uh, the piece that 
that uh, Biden had in the Wall Street Journal were his three solutions to higher inflation were one, uh, more green energy subsidies, two, mm. build back better. And the mm. third, which is one I'm most worried about now, Larry, is price controls. Price yeah. controls. We're back mm. to the 70s. You know, if it weren't for those, it's not just Putin, by the way. It's, it's those meat packers. It's the chicken farmers. It's the, it's the bad oil companies and the pharmaceutical companies. If we just put price controls on them, we could have gas lines. And I remember, by the way, when I was like 12 years old and my parents, and when I grew up in Chicago, they'd pack us into the, the old station wagon. We'd get up to 630 in the morning and we'd be seventh in line to get gasoline. Mm. <laughs> Those were the mm. old days. So, uh, but one other quick thing. What about these uh, 20 Nobel Prize economists? Or how oh, many, yeah. How many were there? How about that? I mean, People wonder why we don't always, quote, trust their science, quote. Um, there were at least 30 prominent economists, many of them who had uh, Nobel Pri- have won Nobel Prizes, who said, don't worry about inflation. And they had it completely wrong. You know, you got to take the, the, the Nobel Prize winners in economics and the Pulitzer Prize winners in newspapering <laughs> who, touted, who touted the Russian collusion argument for several years. Exactly. I mean, yep. Pulitzer, Pulitzer Prizes and Nobel Prizes could be the death of this country, for God's sakes. Uh, Liz, well, Pete, Liz Pete, the president, is out, he's out yesterday in that uh, bizarre press conference when he wasn't talking about Elon Musk. I want to get to that in a minute. He was says basically there's nothing we can do. Gas price, gasoline prices are high, and there's nothing we can do. That was his mantra. Now, I mean, really, there's nothing we can do. Again, he has put himself in a box, and I think uh, it is so clear that even as obviously we are in a place right now where the entire green agenda can go forward but has to be put second place behind providing the fossil fuels that Americans and indeed the entire world needs right now, he cannot bring himself to do that. So uh, it's better just to pretend that the only sources of oil in the world are Saudi Arabia, Venezuela, and Russia, than to imagine that, oh, yes, just recently, America was the number one producer of oil and natural gas. How incredibly stupid is this? Because, boy, there is one thing that makes headlines day after day after day, and that's the price of gasoline. And, Larry, what I'm concerned about, and I think what they're trying to get out ahead of, perhaps with this humiliating trek to Saudi Arabia, is that China, as China comes back to life, which it looks as though that could happen in the next few months, the demand for oil is going to go through the roof. As at the same time that the EU is actually beginning to uh, cut back on Russian oil exports, which up till now really haven't been affected very much, this, I think, will bite. I think there's just not enough capacity in Asia to buy all the Russian oil that Europe won't buy. So there's Russia's going to be in a, uh, in a pickle. There's going to be less production out of Russia, and also demand's going to start to increase. So this gasoline price thing really could go, you know, much higher. And and the administration has absolutely no idea what to do. Well, Jamie Dimon, Jamie, once again, you're a little behind the curve because you don't understand that Pete <laughs> and Jennifer Granholm are telling us that everyone is going to have an electric car. I, mean, I know. Again, I know. This this gets to the absolute idiocy of these people. I mean, five to six percent of the cars on the road are yeah. electric vehicles. So yeah. that that means, if my math is right, ninety four percent of us still, pump, you know, get our fuel at the pump. 
And and yet they keep talking. I mean, I think uh, Biden mentioned electric cars again yeah, yesterday. He did. Yeah, maybe by 2035, half of us will have electric cars. But it, it just gets to the point that they seem somewhat deranged and completely out of touch <laughs> with the major kind of concerns of Americans. And I want to make I one quick point. I believe that Nick, I, I believe that it was Nixon, Ford, and Carter all lost their well. Ford and Carter lost their elections. Nixon was impeached because the economy stunk and because you had high inflation. And people hate inflation. They hate gas prices like this. So I think Brett Biden and the Democrats are in great peril, and they're ignoring any steps to look. If I were Biden, I'd just say, okay, you know what? We can put a pause. Well, let's put a pause on the green energy stuff for now, and exactly. let's just drill, drill, drill. <clears throat> exactly. And may I just also add, <clears throat> when you have Ro Khanna, uh, a Democrat from California, coming out with a piece, I think you had a whole piece saying, here's what actually Biden should do about inflation. They are scrambling. I think Democrats are scared to death. They know this is just as bad as you say, Steve. You know, price control is going to be a bigger and bigger threat. And you have all these lefties running antitrust, uh, this crazy woman at the Federal Trade Commission. You've got the Justice Department antitrust. Uh, they're talking about, Steve Moore, to your point, you know, on, on drugs, the um, uh, Medicare will determine all drug prices. Uh, that's a precursor. They're going to try to take that even further for some of these other industries. These are, by the way, 1970s style solutions, right? Nixon, well, Nixon yeah, wanted yeah. price controls. Ford yeah. kept most of them. Carter kept most of them. It wasn't until 10 years later that Reagan stopped them. That will. Yeah make the problem worse, won't it? Sure, well, and, and by the way, I had a little discussion with Lena Khan, who's the new um, FTC commissioner. She she thinks the Kudlow show is a monopoly because your ratings are too high, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> Break up Larry Kudlow! Yes, right. <laughs> by the way, Break. congratulations. I, I meant to say that. Your your ratings are off the charts, so congratulations. Number, oh, one, well, number one business show in America. That's incredible. Well, you, t- um, you two are big factors in that by the way so i thank you while we're on this topic you two are yeah, both but, I, but i'm on only half, i'm only half joking about like lena Khan. i mean she thinks every every store on every street corner is a monopoly you know mm. and they just want to and it's the ultimate form of regulation and the only thing i correct you on a little bit is a lot of republicans are infatuated with this too you know break up the companies because they're too powerful i want to talk about that let's take a break cuz you you've been campaigning on this you've got Josh Hawley and a group of them that want the government to break up the technology companies, which really is a progressive policy. Um, Steve Moore, Josh Hawley and some Republican senators are going in with, uh, what's her name, Amy Klobuchar and some Democratic senators to tear apart our technology companies. What is up with that? So it's, you know, interesting. I had a, do you remember Chris Cox? Larry, yeah. uh, he was a congressman from California. I think he was the, SEC. He was the head of the SEC at one point. Yep. And, you know, he was reminding me, I, t- I had a long talk with him this week, and he was the guy who wrote the first kind of Internet laws back in 1994, 95, when nobody even knew what the Internet was. And the whole idea of behind his bill was to make the Internet tax-free, regulation-free, and lawsuit-free. Mm. And, you know, you look back and you have to say that was probably the mo- one of the most successful laws in the history of the country because it launched the, the trillions and trillions of dollars of wealth creation um, from these incredible companies at like Google and Apple. Malign. 
And so what, what's going on now is that because these co- companies have been so successful, and by the way, they're not quite as successful as they were six months ago, right? I mean, lost, the, these, the big five have lost, what, a trillion dollars in market cap. Uh, I've always believed that the market is the best way to discipline uh, companies. But there is a big move to break up these companies, and uh, it's coming from both sides of the aisles. And, uh, you know, we're treating these companies like Google and Apple and Amazon. And by the way, I don't like their politics, Larry. Let me say that. I don't like their politics. I don't like Twitter's <laughs> politics. I don't like Facebook's politics. But, you know, you go back to the origins of this antitrust stuff. John D. Rockefeller, J.P. Morgan, uh, Henry Ford. These were people that built our country. Mm. <laughs> you know, John D. Rockefeller was not a villain. Mm. He built our country. And, the, and this is the next generation. So I hate this stuff. I hope Republicans get away with it, get away from it. You know, Liz, uh, you've got these Republican senators who have abandoned the idea of consumer impact and right. are just kind of going after the tech companies because of their politics. Now, in a sense, um, once again, Elon Musk is a hero because from the marketplace and investment, he's just going to take over Twitter. He's moving along nicely and he's going to give provide free speech. Now, that could launch a revolution with these other companies, too. But, Liz, why would you want government? This is the part that really bothers me. Government in charge of breaking up companies. Markets, yes. Governments, really? Well, I I mean, I think Steve's right. It comes down to politics. I think that uh, people like Josh Hawley are so offended by the political influence of companies like Google and Apple and so forth that they are willing to throw the baby out with the bathwater. And they, it, this is not about economic power, I don't think. Uh, these companies have enormous economic power. And I do think they need to have uh, stricter guidelines in terms of protecting privacy. We know that uh, mm-hmm. they haven't really abided by any kind of uh, rules of the road on this. And let's face it, Europe is way ahead of us in making demands about how that how your personal information should be treated, stored, et cetera. Uh, and these companies have over and over again violated those rules. We also know that these companies are uh, providing, particularly Facebook, I think, uh, are injurious to a lot of people. You know, teenage girls, it's pretty well known, are really uh, harmed by their uh, devotion to being online. I don't know really how that can be handled, because that is a choice of the parents and the children that get involved in these networks. But I do think it's these senators are not interested in the economic ramifications or sort of economic Mm -hmm. justification. I think they want to hurt the herders, uh, and they view those companies as exactly that. Steve Moore, let me switch gears. Um, Dave McCormick, has conceded the Senate race yep. in Pennsylvania yep. to Emmett Oz. Yep. Um, yep. Can Oz win? Uh, he's going to run against the Lieutenant Governor uh, Fetterman, who I think is a big lefty. Can we yep. keep that seat in Pennsylvania? Can Oz do it? Is is Oz a supply sider? I mean, what is he? Well, first of all, he is going to win that race. He is going to win. And and congratulations, by the way, to Dave McCormick. I know he's yeah. a friend of yours. I met yeah. him once or twice. I mean, he, he ran a, cla- a, a race Classic. with great class, yeah. and he, he showed a lot of class. By I think he lost by, what, a 1,000 votes out of, I don't know how many. Million, One and a half million. million. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, out of, you know, so it was a very, very narrow loss. 
Uh, but uh, I wish Donald Trump had <laughs> done the same thing. And I think we'd be, he'd, he'd be in the country would be better shape. But um, yeah, no, I think Dr. Oz is a good candidate. Uh, now, I don't know. You asked me about his economics. I don't know. We, you and I and Art Laffer and Steve Forbes and uh, Liz have to sit down with him and, and, and make sure he's sound on these things. But he's a good candidate. And I think he'll do well. I'd love Liz's ideas. But I think he appeals to the suburban women. Mm. Um, which is a big thing, you know, because Trump lost Pennsylvania because of the, you know, the suburban women who abandoned him. But I, I think he's non-threatening. I think he's got his head on his shoulders. He's a, and uh, he probably needs a little coaching on the economy. I think that's right. I, I actually had dinner with him and had a chance to talk to him about things that are important to all of us. And look, first of all, he is a very smart, very capable guy. Uh, he was not just a TV personality. He was also a really successful, eminent surgeon uh, doctor before he became involved in TV. And as to winability and so forth, one of the reasons I think a lot of people I know backed him is that he has tremendous approval amongst black voters because of his long-term association with Oprah Winfrey. In fact, Oprah, I think, offered to help his campaign, and he rightly said no because he was afraid it would probably hurt her uh, and their friends. So I think, uh, you know, in in places like Philadelphia, that's going to be important for him. Um, As to his economics, look, I think like a lot of people who come from the private sector, he does not have well-formed political views on a lot of issues. And I think the economy, I think his instincts are good. Uh, to your point, Steve, I think some coaching is is probably a good idea on a number of things, but I think he can win this race. Well, with Trump, I mean, I think where you go on this, Steve, with Trump being his big backer and perhaps decisively in this campaign, uh, he should go, you know, campaign on making the Trump tax cuts permanent. And show the success of the tax cuts. I mean, particularly the corporate tax cuts. And I, I think Oz is fundamentally a private sector kind of guy who would yeah. promote private sector investment. So I would start there, make the Trump tax cuts permanent. And look in Pennsylvania, which successfully handled the uh, fracking revolution, unlike uh, New York, for example. Um, you know, Oz should be deregulate deregulate energy, deregulate business, deregulate industry. And I think he'll carry the day with that. I think that's where you go with him, Steve. You raised a really good point, by the way, on the energy issue, because, uh, you know, Pennsylvania really was one of the biggest beneficiary states of the shale revolution. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, that Marcella shale. By the way, when is New York going to start drilling? My God, the Pennsylvanians took all the, you know, keep drilling on, right on that border to take all the, you know, they're going down and underneath New York and taking their own. <laughs> they're out horizontally there. drilling <laughs> under <laughs> New York State. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's funny. One of the issues in, in, in Pennsylvania is that this um, governor, Wolf, he actually wants to get the Pennsylvania into this lunatic called, it's called the Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative, which is mm-hmm. just a big carbon tax. And I wrote a column on this. Wait a minute. Pennsylvania is like the, one of the biggest sources of, of energy in our country right now. Why would they slit their wrists and join this stupid pact with, country, with states like New York and Connecticut, New Jersey and Rhode Island? Mm. And so I think that uh, Oz would be very smart because I know you're, this station reaches into Pennsylvania. Yeah, uh, yeah, these yeah. Democrats are all in on this stuff, and it will destroy a lot of jobs in that state. Liz, um are you still optimistic about the cavalry coming in November? 
Yes. Uh, I think the primaries have shown even more data points on the fact that Republican energy is up, their enthusiasm, their turnout, all the things that you want to see. There are tens of thousands of people re-registering as Republicans in some of these states. Now, mind you, in some states, that's because they want to uh, mess up the Republican primaries. Uh, Democrats have a nice, nasty habit of doing that. But I think there's a lot of uh, indications that things are going the right way. And I hate to say that a lot of it is because the nation is going the wrong way. When 75 percent or whatever the number is now says the country's on the wrong track, they want to change. They don't want to continue on that wrong track. And I think you're going to see those people come out and vote uh, in November. I sure as heck hope so, Larry, because things are not getting better. I think they're getting worse on so many fronts. Um, and it's, it's policy. It is not uh, I mean, I, what I was offended, I was offended by Janet Yellen's non-apology because she basically kind of said, well, you know, lightning struck. And what do you know? We have inflation. No, that's not appropriate. Uh, right. And right. That's immaculate, added, immaculate, yeah, I mean, exactly. immaculate, immaculate conception. Right. Yeah, that's where it came right. from. Immaculate, you know? immaculate inflation. I like yeah. that. That's, that's I, may have cool. to, I may have to steal that, Larry. Uh, right. It's all yours. We yeah, got to jump, kids. We got to jump. Liz Peak, thank you ever so much. Steve Moore, thank you ever so much.